1: Good morning, Tokyo, Tokyo. Tokyo, Singapore, Singapore. <laughs> this is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD, and we're coming from you in Singapore, which is at the tip of the Malaysian uh, Malay Peninsula. It is one degree north of the equator. It is an independent city-state of about six million people, half of which are native Singaporeans. The other half are workers, guest bees, Worker bees that they have brought in. Interesting city. This goes back about 900 years as a trading post and a deep water port, and it has changed hands and been under several different uh, uh, empires, including the British for a while. And uh, after World War II, when the British dumped all of their uh, colonial holdings, uh, Singapore was part of Malaysia, and Malaysia booted them out because. As one of the Singapore women we met on the cruise said, uh, their leader was just too smart. He was a Chinese uh, Singapore. Now, most of the ethnicity is Chinese, but all the people we have met have been here for three or four generations. So they are truly Singaporeans, and they just love their city. And I don't know if this is being uh, podcast or not, but here is the city if you're looking at it. What do you think, Ken? Gorgeous city. Beautiful. Oh, it's bo- It's just it's drop-dead gorgeous, and it's a city of lights. Uh, they have uh, the, probably the largest uh, Ferris wheel in the world. We took a ride on that last night, and you're up about 70 stories at the top. Whoa. 70 stories. <laughs> That's it, a lot it's bigger than the eye, street. yeah. Yeah, it's much bigger than the eye. And it's it's uh, it's actually on tubular steel, and uh, they make the thing rotate uh, with uh, – with hydraulic pivots, and it's pretty cool. It's it's a neat uh, neat system they have. Now, we uh, have seen a, a lot of wonderful sights here in the city. They have a great botanical garden. They have a hotel. I'll show some pictures on later shows in a few weeks that is uh, topped by what looks like a ship deck, and it's, I don't know, 60, 70 stories up, and you can go up there and get a drink and look all over the city, and uh, they have... Little Chinatown. They have a little itty bitty Koreatown. They've got a huge uh, little India town, where, which is where we're staying, and uh, discount uh, stores, little shops all through it. And of course, that's a very crowded area. Chinatown is crowded. The food's pretty good. Can't complain. We had some really good Japanese food, better actually than we had in Japan. It was the best Japanese <laughs> food we've had this trip. So uh, go figure. But uh well, they're very beautiful. proud of their Yeah, they're very proud of their city and uh we've made some really good friends. We met uh uh a couple we met a foursome on the ship and we're actually at Wayne Lim's house now. It's a condo that he bought, and we're about what, fifty eight stories up? Uh we've got about fifty. Fifty. Yeah. And I've got Malcolm with me here. Yeah, got, got a whole crew of help. Did I pronounce it right Melvin Melvin I'm sorry Melvin yeah here's Melvin oh. <laughs> we got a whole crew and uh uh so we're having a lot of fun uh they've just been really gracious to us and uh, we don't know why but it's free so we took it what else have you done <laughs> what
2: else have you done on this trip you've been gone a long
1: time we were in Japan for uh eight nights and uh we started in Hokkaido, which is the northern island uh, near Sapporo, which is their beer capital. She wouldn't let me go there, so I <laughs> can't tell you about Sapporo, but it was a beautiful area. We were at the base of Mount uh, uh, Yote, which is uh, a big ski resort, international ski resort. It's some of the finest powder in the world, and it is uh, – a really gorgeous area, even if there's no snow on the mountains. They're volcanic mountains, and it's still an active area, and there are hot springs, and uh, you can you can go in. The hotel had a hot spring pool, and the water's bubbling up from somewhere deep in the earth. And so we, we soaked our little butts in the hot tub there and uh, ate and drank and looked around and had a lot of fun. Then we went down to Tokyo for three or four nights, stayed in... And the uh, in the Hilton uh, Hotel at, 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 in Odaiba, which is uh, one part of the city. Now you know Tokyo is the largest metropolitan area in the world by population. I thought it was Mexico so City. Per- no, 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 no. They beat they. Yeah, everybody's Mex- The Mexicans have uh, not been moving to the city like they used to, hmm. but uh, people are still moving into Tokyo, and it's like. I don't know, 35 million. Mexico City's 20, 25 to 30 million. Um, New York's probably 20, greater New York area, 20 million, 25 million. So, but yeah, Tokyo, at least by my research, is the largest population city in the world. It uh, It is really a fascinating city. And we had a good time. There's a, a lot of history there, of course. Uh, there is the Emperor's Palace and that was something we spared during world war 2 when we were bombing tokyo we did not bomb historical sites uh, there are some old shinto uh, shrines and buddhist temples that were not bombed by the uh, by the americans and the british during world war 2 at the end of the war so we were mindful and cognizant not to uh not to destroy their history just their will to fight <laughs> that's right now that yeah The Japanese are very polite, very nice people. Uh, Tokyo is very neat and clean. Singapore, for the most part, is neat and clean. A a little little India is a little different, but it's so crowded. But uh, most of the city is very neat and clean, well laid out. And so uh, we saw uh, all kinds of temples and shrines in Japan. Then we jumped on the ship, and we were headed towards Hong Kong, but they had a hurricane what they call a typhoon it was a category 2 or 3 and so we couldn't go into hong kong port for uh, a day we had to stay uh, we had to stay on on the uh, ship and we did get to hong kong we were there for about 3 or 4 hours great story we uh, decided not to take the shuttle bus so we jumped on the city bus and uh, we got to the bus stop and so we asked somebody how do you get to the ferry which which uh, city bus do we take to the ferry and they put us back on the bus back to the ship. (laughs) So we, (laughs) so we saw a lot of Walloon, which is the mainland and then Hong Kong is the Island that you go over to, but we did make it over to Hong Kong, walked around a little bit. Um, like the Chinese, they're nice people. Um, a lot like Americans, very outgoing and friendly. Um, of course you can't talk politics and, uh, if they say put on a mask you got to put on a mask but they didn't tell us to put on a mask so we didn't put on a mask so
2: you went through but the you went, went th- through the south china sea then didn't you
1: yes we did and uh, a busy shipping area we didn't see any military ships so you know i think all this chinese stuff about how they you know they own that and they're going to control it we didn't see one military ship with a lot of container ships and oilers and uh um uh, a few cruise ships, uh, but uh, we didn't see much of the Chinese. They didn't show up. Hong Kong is still under uh, common law, even though China's under uh, more Napoleonic code law. And uh, the only thing that the Hong Kong people had to give up was that their governor would be appointed by Beijing and not elected by the people there. So they'll probably tighten the grip on them eventually. But uh, it was a fascinating uh Uh, A fascinating little jaunt into uh, Hong Kong, into the southern part of China there. Now, the weather in in Singapore, since you're at the equator, is hot, hot all year round. So it's like Florida in in late July, only all year round. (laughs) (laughs) But that's life.
2: That's right. That's life. Obviously, a lot of people Uh, like it. They built a lot of big buildings out there.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's unbelievable. They started off when uh, Malaysia kicked them out. You know, nobody thought they would survive. And they grew from, you know, a million people, two million people to six million. And one of the great financial centers of the world, one of the great shipping ports of the world and uh, businesses everywhere. I mean, everything is booming and thriving. There's uh, uh, construction cranes everywhere you look. It's uh, it's just amazing how much they have done. Did you know that you know who helped them get started?
2: I have no idea. No,
1: Israel. Really? They got help. Yeah, the Israelis came in and helped them set up their military and their infrastructure and their buildings. And so, uh, uh, so Wayne he was showing us around his uh, his house and uh, the uh, that his little uh, condo actually has uh, uh, a safe room, a bomb room with ventilation.
2: Really, and wow. a door
1: that sealed, So they're they're all ready for a nuclear holocaust here. <laughs> <laughs> they just go in these little rooms and hang out for a couple of weeks, you know, eat potato chips and drink beer, and uh, and then they come out and everything's good. And well, wait, is Wayne up here? Come on over, Wayne, and say hi. Hello,
2: hi everyone. I'm Wayne from Singapore. How's <laughs> everyone doing?
1: Yeah, get over more in the light, Wayne, so they can see your handsome face. There you are. Okay. Can you see him? I got him.
3: Good morning, this is good morning, everyone.
1: How yeah. So, so Wayne's been pumping me. He has rheumatoid arthritis. He's had that since he was a kid. So, we're trying to figure out how to cure him because his rheumatologist doesn't have him on anything. So, I was telling him about all our our biologics and uh, all of our new medications. And his wife, interestingly, is a type one diabetic. I think they met each other at a healthcare clinic somewhere. <laughs> 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 Don't worry but uh we're 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 talking medicine and politics and religion and uh it's fascinating you know they're nice people you you'd love Singapore I tell you got sky, uh, that very... skyline
2: that skyline is rivals if not better than New York and Chicago
1: oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really beautiful. They've really done a good job because they're such a small area that their entertainment, a lot of it is uh, in their construction. Now they're putting in green areas and there's one building which uh, you can't see it uh, late at night, but uh, it actually has uh plant growing on the side of it. They constructed it of a certain material that the plants will grow, then it's growing up and it's about, I don't know, 30, 40 stories high of plants. On the side of the building growing like ivy or moss. A living really building. Cool.
2: Ooh. Okay.
1: It's a living building. It's a living building. It's pretty cool. And uh what else was I gonna tell you? I had something on my mind and then you distracted me, Ken. I'm sorry. Oh my God. No, that's okay. I'll forgive you this time. So at any rate, we were talking medicine and religion and politics, and they their government, it's interesting. Although it's a republic, democratic republic, there's one party that's pretty much ruled the country for the past uh, 40, 50 years, and the, the guy at the top was more or less a dictator. And, you know, if you get caught shoplifting, guess what the punishment mm-hmm. is? Shoplifting? I'm a couple of days in jail probably. 5 years. 5 years. Population. 5 years. Wow. I mean, if you spit on the sidewalk and the cop catches you you get a ticket. If you uh, you know, if you pick a fight with somebody, you can go to prison for it. So mm-hmm. they don't tolerate any of that. They have really strict laws. And it's really safe. I mean, you could you can put your wallet down and go in the store and come back and pick it up, and it, it nobody's touched it because everybody doesn't want to go to jail. Of course, <laughs> we need more you of know, that here, have, Doc. Yeah, they have four official languages. The uh, the the one that everybody uses uh, of all the inter intermingling groups is English. Uh, but uh, Mandarin Chinese is probably spoken by more since about I don't know maybe seventy eighty percent of the population is of of uh, Chinese descent, and then they also have Tamil, which is a South Indian language. You know that's what Kamala Harris would speak, and they also have uh, Malaysians since they're on the Malay, you know they're right next right next door to Malaysia, so they're on the Malay Peninsula, and they actually drive over there to go shopping because it's a lot cheaper. It's a relatively expensive city, but uh they they actually do well for housing because they have subsidized housing, Ken. So depending on your income level, you get a certain percentage of your house paid for by the government, which is a nice deal. And their tax rate is very low because of all the uh commerce they have here and shipping and all of the trade they do with the rest of the world and it, it makes it uh, you know, a very, very pleasant city to live in, if you don't mind living in 92 degree weather all year round and sweating like a, like a pig. Um, We walked around and I was just drenched, you know, but of course they're acclimatized. So they don't, they don't have as much problem as, as, uh, as dumb boy from Florida does. But it's, it's a fascinating city and we've really had a good time. And, and, you know, I was fascinated to learn that the Israelis actually helped them get set up. Can you believe that? No, I had no idea. Yeah, that is too cool. And, uh, and, and speaking of Israel, oh, my gosh, you know, we were talking about that uh, mm-hmm. with some of the people on the ship. And they're like, well, what about the humanitarian crisis in, in the Gaza zone? I said, look, from the Israeli point of view, this is an existential event. And they're, they're, they're not going to put up with it. You know, if they displace one or two million people and bulldoze down the Gaza Strip, Uh, and then come back in and rebuild it. Because, you know, for the past several years, the Israelis have been helping the the Gaza Strip build up. They've been financing that place. Yeah, well, they thought Hamas was serious about
2: running it, but they weren't.
1: No, they just wanted to cause more trouble.
2: Yeah, they were were just delaying, uh, that's all.
1: Seventy virgins, you know, when they go to heaven. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) nobody told them they were little boys. (laughs) Now stop that, Doc stop that (laughs) doc and uh you know i mean they 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 went in there and beheaded unarmed people and and uh you know women and children beheaded them and uh they filmed it for their hamas brothers and their jihadish brothers come on give me a break well the the, the
2: israelis are saying they found they captured some secret documents and they were ordered to do that i mean that was the plan go in there and just wreak havoc
1: yeah there was a plan, and, uh, you know, everybody's starting to condemn them. Of course, CNN's jumping on first. Uh, you know, oh, the humanitarian crisis in the Gaza Strip. Oh, there's five to 700 women who don't have OB care now because of what the Israelis are doing. Who the hell did you think gave them the care before? It was the Israelis. Yeah. And what do you think the high-risk uh, neonatal and prenatal hospitals and clinics were? They were in Israel, for God's sakes. So uh, you know, this is an existential event for the Israelis, and and uh, as I've said over and over again, Ken, self-preservation is the first law. If you don't get that one down, the rest of the day is pretty well shot. <laughs> pretty much. So yeah. I don't blame the. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame the Israelis a bit. You know, I don't hold it against them. And if somebody says, "Well, what about the innocent women and children?" I'm like, "What do you think?" Muslim terrorist or any terrorist come from? They come from the womb of a woman, for God's sakes. Somebody has these kids, and somebody turns them into, uh, you know, sociopathic terrorist. Who does that? I, I mean, don't know. how does that happen? It's not a mistake. It's not by accident. Oh no, you, it's, you it's, come it's, here. It's indoctrination. It's, yeah, it's intentional. And so, uh, you you know, you the, the problem you get to it through the roots, and the roots are the people that have these kids. I mean, you come to Singapore, and they don't—they just don't tolerate any of that. I mean, they do not tolerate it. You go right to prison if you do any of that nonsense. And you know what? If you—if you smuggle narcotics in here for sale, guess what the punishment is?
2: Well, if shoplifting is five years, that's
1: probably twenty. It's death. Death. They hang you. They have Whoa. a gallows. They still use the gallows. And if you smuggle drugs into Singapore and they catch you. They will hang you. Wow. (laughs) Okay. They don't have a drug problem then, I bet, huh? Yeah, I think that cuts down on the problem considerably, and that doesn't hurt my feelings. I mean, you know me, I'm very anti-drug. I have been for a long time. I've seen all the damage that it's done, both uh, personally and as a physician. And, uh, you know, my family, uh, being on the street for a few years, it's all uh, uh, convinced me that one of the big root problems is not only the decay of the nuclear family, but the, the drug abuse that's going on. And, of course, the lack of psychiatric care as well. But uh, if somebody wants to do drugs, how are you going to stop them if it's available? That's the key. I mean, make it uh, not available, it? Make it not available. And, uh, you know, the only way to do that is you close the Mexican border. You capture these people that are bringing drugs in and selling it, and since we wouldn't probably wouldn't want to hang people, although I would, but you know most Americans <laughs> wouldn't want that. You just send them to prison. And you say, well, there's not enough prisons to hold them. Well, you do like they did in the old days. You build a camp, you give them the goods, and you say, build your own damn house if you want to survive the winter. Not a bad idea. Yeah, and, but uh, you know you're not going to have that happen. I mean, that's it's just. Sadly, I th- you might see it in the future. You know, I think there are people that predict that we're going to go back to a more uh, uh, a strict society with uh, a more monarchical rule, you know, like Rome did after the Civil War there. And that lasted for a few hundred years. And then they started to deteriorate. But uh, I, I guess these things go in cycles. I do not know. I do not know. Well, I, I, I,
2: you know, we just gotta build more prisons and, and eat the cost. That's the that's the solution. And then be yeah, then the so, judges too. have gotta do their job and sentence these people to some time. I mean, real time.
1: Yeah, but you know, they're most of them are Democrats now they don't care. Yeah. I met one Democratic uh uh state circuit judge. She was living in our uh townhome situation there for a while. She was running and i said oh i hope i don't come before you she said the only way i'll see you is if you kill somebody oh, so the only cases that make it to the uh, the circuit court did you know that no i didn't only only major cases make it to the circuit court the rest of it they don't want to hear it they want the the local judges to take care of it and uh, the magistrates and you know
2: what they really want is they, a plea they, deal they want a plea deal so they can just yeah, slap, they want slap, slap them with because, probation send them back out
1: yeah, well, yeah, because you know what? You don't have to pay as many DAs if you can make a plea deal. You don't have so many people going to court and trying cases. That's right. That can be negotiated uh, with uh, you know mid level people. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that going on, and it's it's really uh, it's too bad, but uh, that's that's the way it is. I know my home so, my, my home
2: state, Illinois. Dave, they're the first state in the nation to go cashless bail.
1: Oh, that's ridiculous!
2: It is because people are shooting guns in the middle of the afternoon, and they're back on the streets by eight o'clock at night.
1: It's oh, yeah. crazy. It's craziness. I mean, uh, we've lost our way. We need to. We need to send our leaders to Singapore and let them study this system. Exactly. And then bring them. And then bring them back and beat the crap out of them and <laughs> make them behave. We we'll don't want. We don't want the political
2: top. system, but we'll take the enforcement.
1: Uh, I, you know, I'm I'm kind of getting to where I wouldn't mind having a strong man as long as he was a good one. But the problem is, is you don't know if you're going to get a good dictator or a bad dictator. They've been lucky that they had a good guy here for, for decades. Yeah. Um, now, the old man died and one of the sons has taken over and the other son and he are fighting. So we'll see how they go. Uh, but it, it's, it's very peaceful. I mean, it's unbelievably peaceful. You don't see people don't even push on the streets. You know, everybody tries to get out of everybody's way and give them, give them space. It's really, uh, it's really nice. I'm I'm really enjoying Singapore. It's a beautiful city. Maybe I'll stay. Yeah. Maybe I'll stay. Who knows? (laughs) Well, we can do do a show
2: like this every week. Sure.
1: Oh yeah. And, uh, I don't know if we can see the port from here. Maybe later I can go over there and sit after break and see. If not, I might go back downstairs with my computer and just do the rest of the show sitting down in Wayne's study. Um, but uh, it's something else. Yeah. It's something else. And now I see that Home Depot, they're, uh, they're installing video cameras throughout all their stores from above so they can uh, catch the, the uh the shoplifters, but now I don't know what they're going to do with them once they catch them. What do you do with them if the judges won't send them to jail? How does that work?
2: <laughs> exactly. There's no punishment. There's no incentive not to take it.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, and people say, "Oh, capital punishment is not a not an incentive or a disincentive to commit crime." I, I, I would, uh, I would beg to differ with that. I just about killed a couple of people in my youth, and the only reason I didn't is I said. Crap! I'll go to jail. I'll, they'll hang my ass. That's right, exactly. So, you know, it is a deterrent. Come on. Yeah. And you know, it's a lot of this. It's the women who don't have these male hormones and these male instincts, and they think, oh, if you're just kind to them and treat them with love and respect, and and talk to them, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> you, you, guy like me, you got to beat me and threaten me with jail. <laughs> That's the way you do it, baby, and then I behave. That's what the wife does. It seems to work fairly well. Well, as you long as you're happy, about, as long as it, you
2: guys are happy, yeah, that's all that counts.
1: We're happy. We have fun. We laugh and joke and hard that. It's the MJ and Bill show, and on the ship we were we were like royalty. They, everybody wanted to at their table because we were cracking jokes and and you know mock battles and everything. They had fun with us. Beautiful ship, Ken. Oh my gosh! What line were you? What was, line were you on? It was uh, uh, a Royal Caribbean, and we were in a suite, so we got to go to the the uh, gold dining room, and the the, the menu was just superb. Uh, now, the only thing we didn't like about the uh, <laughs> Royal Caribbean is, unlike Holland America and some of the other lads, if you get a suite, they don't give you um, the drink package and they don't do your laundry and all that. And you have to pay for that extra. Not that it's a huge deal, but you know, it, it, it miffed us a little bit. She complained. and uh, But overall, it was a fun cruise and just too, too long on the ship because of the, of the, uh, hurricane. And we didn't get to go to Vietnam because the hurricane went from Hong Kong across that little South China peninsula into the Gulf of Tonkin. And, uh, so the, the the vietnamese not hong kong but uh vietnam so the vietnamese closed down the port they closed saigon down ho chi minh city so we couldn't go in there that was too bad
2: what's well, some place to go back to next year then
1: yeah yeah but the shopping's pretty good here in singapore it's it's not as it's no nowhere near like shopping in vietnam or or in haiti where you can you know get a get a cotton shirt for with button down cotton shirt for a few bucks. But, you know, we got some nice shirts for (laughs) nice cotton shirts for $15 for me. And uh, I got a tripod for the camera. It was like $35. Hell, I was paying that just to get a part for a a tripod in in, in the States. So there are some good deals. And we went to this place called the Mustafa Center, which is like a mega store, discount store. They got everything from soup to nuts. Uh, they've got toys. They've got electronics. They've got clothes. They've got a grocery store. They've got a restaurant. I mean, they got everything in there. It's it's a uh, it's like a Walmart uh, on steroids <laughs> and cheap. And I mean, you know, aisle after aisle after aisle, and you're like, what floor is this on? And somebody, I mean, B two, floor one, three, and then you you go up there and you're looking around. You can't find anything. I'm looking for a USB cable, and somebody will point that way. <laughs> but you're running all over. But it's kind of a fun experience. We well, are yeah, on vacation. You got a lot of time for that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the Korean food is pretty good here. We didn't find any really good Korean in uh, in Japan, but uh, we, did, we did go to one place. It wasn't bad. <clears throat> but the hotel at, at Odaiba, uh, the, the Hilton there, is, was just – that was one of the nicest hotels we've ever stayed at. And they treated us like royalty. The assistant manager and the the uh, the, the head of guest services came out to meet us when we got there. Whoa, yeah. and, uh, and they're they're like, oh, here, doctor, here's your seat here. And so we felt like, uh, you know, king and queen. They're,
2: they're spoiling you over there.
1: They're spoiling me, baby. And Ju, she's all upset because the hotel room we've got here is the Hilton Garden Inn and it's uh it's a little i mean it's nice it's comfortable but it's really small and the food at the hotel is not that great but it's fine for me and she this is terrible i want to go home <laughs> so you're going baby i'm going to send you right now <laughs> well doc are you up for a break i am up for a break we're probably going to move around we might go downstairs so if you don't hear me right away just go ahead and uh play something and i'll be i'll be back in a minute <laughs> All right. I am Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Hey, you forgot. Oh, my question. You got a question. I got for a us, question. Dude.
2: Yes. It's a simple question if you've been listening. Where is Doc today? Tell me what city. And you'll win that. Those two mugs. And they're
1: nice mugs. They are. That's right. I gotta order some more. All right, Doc, we'll see you on the other side. All right, this is Dr. Bill, your radio MD, and we'll be right back.
0: Here's the latest from the Answer News
3: Center. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Gaza is bracing for a looming invasion by the Israeli army brought on by the murderous rampage launched a week ago in Israel by the Muslim terror group Hamas. Those attacks killed in excess of 1,300 people, leaving thousands more wounded and hundreds still being held by the terrorists. Israeli forces, supported by a growing deployment of U.S. warships in the region, are positioning themselves along Gaza's border. Many Gaza residents are fleeing at Israel's behest. More than two months after a wildfire killed at least 98 people on Maui, the three surviving public schools are set to reopen on Monday. Traumatized families are facing an emotional crossroads in deciding whether to send their kids back or keep them at the other schools that accepted them. Parents say they worry the fire left toxins behind. Amongst other things, this is SRN News. AM
0: hey, 860, The Answer. Listen on our website, TheAnswerTampa.com, 93.7 FM, W229DJ, Dunedin, by downloading the Answer Tampa app or on TuneIn or
1: Odyssey. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727 384 six four one one seven two seven three eight four six four one one when it's time for your appointment type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser doxy.me forward slash bay area med A cell phone works well and is all you really need
0: The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour. Only on AM 860, The Answer.
3: Mostly sunny, pleasant, and less humid today. High 81. For tonight, partly cloudy skies. Low 65. For tomorrow, partly sunny and pleasant. Breezy in the afternoon. High 73. Tomorrow night, clear to partly cloudy and cool. Low 57. And then for Tuesday, a pleasant day. Plenty of sunshine. High 74. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Melissa Carter for AM860, The Answer.
2: Good morning, Singapore.
1: We are back. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Do you read me, Ken? Do you, uh, you read me?
2: I do. You're coming in fine, Doc. da 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 Live from, from Singapore. Mangoon.
1: Coming in from Singapore. Here we are.
2: We got so, a winner. Uh, we got a winner for Joe. Before you go, before you... Uh, Head off there, Doc. Let's get take care of this. We got a winner. Joe Black of St. Petersburg. <laughs> we got? Joe Black of St. Petersburg. Hey, Joe. And uh he's got the two mugs. So congratulations, Joey. You're in Singapore.
1: So I'll show you uh I'll show you Wayne's uh, uh safe room. Sheena, can you open that and show him the safe room? <laughs> Sheena, you're on you're on uh, you're on, girl. You're there. We go. Okay. Uh, the beauty queen from the fourth. <laughs> you see it? It's like this is a um, There we bomb-proof, are. Bomb proof. Bomb proof. Uh, door and 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 that's safety uh, lock that you know in. Bolts in and, and out. out. I'm just going and book myself up pretty and, cool huh and we, we we do not anticipate any war coming war soon but we so we stock up toilets paper
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so that's their that's their toilet paper uh room there <laughs> and the uh, let's see if i can see my this is wayne's uh command center that he's letting me use so nice of him That's well, nice Let's to, see. nice Video. to have that yeah it's nice to have it never know when you're gonna need a safe room all right so i'm back now guys okay, wait, huh? and i was gonna talk about a few other things if you don't mind kenner you want to keep talking about vacation doesn't matter to me no I'm I up to you buddy it's your show your vacation I would say that Singapore is the nicest city we've been in. Uh, although Tokyo was, was certainly, uh, uh, a very, uh, for the size of the city, it's very well organized too. And you, you have to, uh, you have to admire the, the Japanese. You don't have to like them, but you do have to admire them. Um, but actually everybody was very friendly. We, we met uh, several people there and made friends with a doctor from uh, Tokyo and, uh, it was uh, it was a good experience. I'm glad we we had that. Uh, we we had a good time with all of the staff, and we were very pleasant, uh, pleasantly treated. So I have nothing but kind things to say about it. Japan. So it, it was uh, it was a good experience. And uh, the China, the Hong Kong, what little time we spent there, everybody was very nice and friendly. We didn't have any problems there. See any soldiers and on I, the street? In Hong Kong. no, nope. nope. Didn't see anybody. I didn't, didn't people walking everywhere, having fun. Uh, we, we did see at the hotel we had dinner at. It, it was also dog friendly. It was a Hyatt. They actually had a, uh, a, a soda shop, an ice cream shop for dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and it was pretty interesting. And one of the elevators was for dogs only. That's and, crazy. Uh, and Yeah. And they're, you know, the people walking around the lobby and in the basement with their dogs and going up and down the elevators. So that's become a big deal. And in, in uh, Japan, I guess, affluence, you know, in Singapore too, uh, Wayne has uh has a, uh a, a dog. They have what, what do you call it? A Corgi, you know, the, the, the Welsh dogs, the Corgis. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They have a Corgi and, uh, And their friends have a dog, and everybody has dogs. There's dogs all over the place. Um, It's fascinating to see. I mean, you know, we think we're unique. We are not. We are not unique in what we like and the way we live and what we want out of life. Everybody's pretty much the same. You have to realize that those are affluent countries, Japan and Singapore and Hong Kong. They're pretty affluent, uh, so they're they're more at our level now. Singapore is probably the second or third highest per capita income in the world after uh, Liechtenstein and, and and Monaco and Luxembourg. You know they they have the highest per capita income. They're higher than us. They're higher than us,
2: hmm.
1: but the cost cost of living's a little bit more. So you know you're gonna. But if you if you drive over to Malaysia, you can you can get goods really cheap. So they'll go over to Malaysia on the weekends and stock up on toilet paper and various sundries. And uh, um, you can find the places where the food's relatively inexpensive. But you have to realize they don't have any land here, so they don't grow anything. Uh, They don't have their own oil. But what they do is they get oil from Saudi Arabia. And this is really interesting. They have one of the largest refineries in in southern Asia, and they refine it into gasoline and, and what other products you need, diesel. Guess where they sell it? The U.S. Australia. 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 Hey, sell it to Australia. <laughs> so, the go figure. Um, a lot of Australians here, and uh, a lot of people from, from Asia have moved to Australia. So, we've met a lot of Asian Australians who, who've been, been there one or two generations. And, you know, they look like they're from China or Singapore or somewhere, and that they speak with an Australian accent. So, that's gotta the be a little weird. Yeah. The world is changing. And, uh, and one of the doctors at the hospital, he said, aren't you un- Don't you feel weird when you go into a culture and you're the only Caucasian and I'm walking around a little, little, uh, India today. And I mean, I might've seen four or five Caucasians and probably 10,000 Indians and, uh, uh, you know, people from, from the subcontinent and, uh, Pakistan and wherever. And, I didn't. I didn't feel like anything. It just now, some of the people looked at me like, "White boy, what you doing here?" They're <laughs> you <know? You're>
2: probably <laughs> looking at that shirt, Doc. Actually, they're probably looking at the shirt.
1: No, I had on a, just a plain gray T-shirt. I didn't wear anything fancy. Oh no, Hawaiian I mean, shirt. Okay. No, this is strictly for the show. Strictly <laughs> for you, Ken. Thank you. I like it. Yeah. You like it so much. Uh, it. It. It's just. I don't know. I feel like I fit in wherever I go. I'm I'm comfortable wherever I am. Uh, I enjoy life and I enjoy meeting people. The humor and the uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 little shtick I have and with me on Drew, we we really seem to be able to get along anywhere we go. And uh, it, it, you know, it doesn't hurt to be a doctor too because that always gives you a little more status, no matter what culture you're in. So. And what about we a language barrier there? of any kind? Most of the people in Singapore speak English. Uh, and, and it's, you know, it's a little hard to understand some of them. You have to really listen closely because, of course, they speak with either, uh, you know, a Chinese or or an a Indian accent or a Malaysian accent. But uh, you can get along pretty easily here. There's a, you know, Almost all the cab drivers speak some English and uh now, in Hong Kong, of course, they were a British colony, so a lot of people speak English there, and it's fairly easy to get around there. Uh, Tokyo is a little different. Uh, they're, they're getting away from that because the occupation essentially ended uh, a few decades or several decades ago, although we still have bases in Okinawa. And we did stop in Okinawa and in one of the islands in the archipelago, uh, at the very southern tip of the archipelago, close to Taiwan, and uh, that was sort of subtropical uh, Florida weather. Uh, it was really a beautiful island. We had a good time there, and we just saw all kinds of sights. Uh, went up to the, the to the uh, to the uh, light tower. The uh, what do you call it? I'm getting drawn a blank here. Uh, the uh, you know the. The, the safety light for the ships. What do you lighthouse, that, A lighthouse, kind of thing. Lighthouse, yeah, the lighthouse. We went up there, and beautiful coastline, just gorgeous, drop dead. You know, like California, uh, really, really nice and blue, clear blue water. Well, what about the uh, what about World
2: War II wrecks? Are they still in the ocean out there, sticking out of the sea, that kind of thing?
1: No, no, those are pretty much. Uh, Either if they were shallow enough, they were dragged out, or if they were deep enough, they were left there for scuba diving. But uh, Okinawa does have uh, a museum for the Battle of Okinawa, and the Okinawans—they're—they're kind of like the stepchildren. They're, you know, they're—they're they're kind of the the deep south of of Japan. They were on their own until the eighteen seventies or eighties, when the Japanese came in and took over, and and then they became a prefecture. In the 20th century, which is like a state, uh, but uh, they they had half the population killed in the uh, in the uh, invasion of Okinawa by the United States, and and uh, I guess the British helped us out a little bit, but mostly it was the United States. We dropped I don't know stuff like. Two or three million shells on the island. There wasn't anything standing. Yeah, we, we it went
2: around for like thirty days. It was
1: incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah or more. And uh, and it wasn't just the Americans that were killing the Okinawans. Uh, the The Japanese soldiers were starving, so they were stealing food from the Okinawans. And if they didn't give it to them, they'd kill them. And uh, and so the Okinawans were starving, and they didn't have anywhere to hide. And then if an okinawan suggested to a japanese soldier that you uh that you surrender that it was hopeless the japanese soldier would kill you they would kill him dead mm. so uh it, it horrible horrible scene and uh, uh just uh they they have a lot of the a lot of relics at the museum of the uh, uh the bombardment and the invasion and uh uh fascinating history of okinawa and how it developed and and, and now they're peacenicks. I mean, they are anti, anti war. They don't want it to have anything to do with any war ever, which I guess is why they tried to kick us out of the bases on Okinawa, what, 20, 30 years ago. You remember that?
2: Yeah, but probably they feel as a target. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but you know what? We're still there. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And, <laughs> and, and we, now they're we fought hard for that <laughs> island.
2: We're not giving that one up.
1: And now they're glad. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> Yes, sir. They are really glad. By the way, we met some people from uh, Taiwan and I said, are you guys worried about the, the, uh, the mainland China- about Beijing invading you? They said, heck no. I said, why? Because the United States, I said, do you think that they're really serious? He said, nah, they're bluffing. So the Taiwanese, their take on the, on the Beijing regime is that they're full of poop.
2: Yeah. They're, they're used to living with these uh, Chinese flying all over the place. It-
1: yeah, but you know, I mean, it's one thing to threaten, but it's another thing like Putin did to mass soldiers on the border of the Ukraine. And I remember one of the guys in the lunchroom saying, "Oh, he's bluffing." I said, "No, he's not. <laughs> you know, they're they're yeah. going to march into the Ukraine. You, you have your, you can, you bet your booty on that, buddy boy."
2: Yeah, Taiwan would be very tough for China. It would be.
1: It, it would be. It would be a tough fight, and uh, they would have the backing of. Uh, uh, probably of of Japan and the United States. South Korea, I'm, I think they would come into it, but the first thing they would have to do is uh, expect an invasion from North Korea because North Korea would side with Beijing and, you know, become a regional war and probably quickly uh, turn into a global war. Uh, now, the, uh, the four Tigers, the four economic Tigers are uh, Singapore, Taiwan, uh, South Korea and Hong Kong, and of course Hong Kong's been taken back by by Beijing regimen, so uh, we'll see what happens there, but they are economic powers and, uh, and he, Wayne was telling me because he he works for British P- Petroleum he is a port auditor, so he travels all over the world and he audits all the all the uh, uh, transfers and goods and uh, uh, finances uh interactions of the b p ships and products through all the ports in the world nice interesting job they're going to to uh, South Korea next month to work for a week and in uh, Seoul for b p British petroleum totally mine good job yeah. and uh, yeah, so it's fascinating and he said he said his counterparts in China he said they work those people to death they work six and a half days a week. And uh, he said it's pretty pretty brutal that uh, they work so hard, and, and of course they don't make as much money. And, and I was talking with one of the women who who worked on the ship. She was the uh, she was the head of the restaurant, uh, the Silver and, and Gold dining restaurants. And uh, I said, uh, "How long have you been out of China?" She said she'd been with the company. I don't know, fifteen or twenty years. She said, "I am so fortunate because it's so hard to get out, not because." They uh, have a way to politically keep you there, but because financially you can't do it, I mean they just don't make enough money, they can't save enough money, and of course the state is providing all the services, so you're you're you know you're you're dependent on the state. It's a nanny state, uh, which is what the Democrats want, and that's one more reason to resist that because you know once they got you, then they can do they, what they want with you, and if they don't want you to have money. Buddy boy, you ain't gonna have money. No, you know what I mean. Yes, sir. If they want you, if they want you to be poor, you're gonna be poor. So even though I don't agree with the 32-hour work week that the United Auto Workers are asking for, I'm all for them kicking the <laughs> kicking the government in the ass, <laughs> making them behave. That doesn't hurt my feelings a bit. Well, you have had quite so, an
2: experience there, Doc.
1: Yes, and uh, you know have learned a lot more about the world, and I just really enjoyed it. Uh, uh, oh, by the way, I gotta tell you, there was this obstacle course. That was, uh, it was, it was uh, in the trees, the uh, at the uh, at the hotel in in, uh, in uh, Hokkaido. Kids, uh, it, uh, it it was a Hilton, and they had this course that they had set up up in the trees. And these high school kids came from all over uh, the uh, the island, all over that prefecture, which is a pretty big prefecture. Probably take it. Uh, seven or eight hours to drive from from tip to tip from top to bottom and uh, so they all these kids were doing this course and so we went in and they harnessed you up and you hook up to uh, a cable system and you uh, zip line and you have to walk across all these planks and wobbly boards and all that and uh, so I did it I did the whole thing me and I did the easy one first and then I went up and did the hard one and uh, I said, what do you think, guys? I'm 75 years old. And one of the kids who was manning the station there, he said, hey, we had an 80-year-old a few weeks ago. <laughs> Dang. You wanted to be special. Pop my bubble, dude. Pop my bubble. <laughs> but it, it was interesting. I'll play some of that video on shows in, in, in the weeks to come and, and uh, let everybody take a look at me, pictures of me up on, up in the trees. That actually sounds and, like a lot of fun, actually. It was fun and it was, it was a, a couple of spots were a little bit, you know, scary because you hit the zip line and there was nothing underneath you. And you're like, wait a minute, I don't feel like I'm really harnessed in because you're holding on to your, to your zip line, but you're actually in a harness. So if you sit down then you feel more, uh, uh, more secure, but I was holding on. I was like, what am I doing wrong? Here? <laughs> but I made it down. I got down. I did the whole course. Well, congratulations. Cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. I was sweating like a like a pig, though, man. I was worn out from that. That was that was fun. That was fun. It was nice.
2: We got about five minutes Nine. left. What are we going to talk about for five
1: minutes, buddy boy?
2: Anything you want. What so, do you got? Uh, what
1: do you think? What, well, I, you know, again, I'm I'm looking at the Israeli situation and uh, Egypt apparently closed their border to the Palestinians. They won't let them in. You know, they have the Sinai. And so the Gaza strip is right there. Uh, it's the beginning of the Sinai is right at the Gaza strip and at the bottom south end of the Gaza strip. And so Hamas is saying, we, we praise the Egyptians for doing this. I'm thinking the Egyptians aren't doing this to to help Hamas. No, (laughs) They don't want the Palestinians. (laughs) They don't want to take care of them. Yeah, You know, nobody wants them. They've been kicked out of every everywhere they've been. And, uh, you know, how do you tell people that? How do you get that message across? If if you keep acting up and, and uh, terrorizing the the people you're next to, they're going to come and kick you out. They're going to get right. you. They will. They're, they're going to get you. And, and uh, you know, I'm sorry for the innocence, but uh, I'm afraid in war there are no innocents. And if you go over it, you know, you come into my home and chop my wife's head off, buddy boy, if I can do it, I'll come and mow down everybody in your family. I don't care. Yeah, That's the way it is. That's how you send a message. You know, it's like I said with uh, with uh, Putin, uh, That's before he even came in there, I said, you, you send troops into Ukraine. If he comes in, you bop him in the nose, bloody his nose, and send him back home. They'll leave. The way to, just the only way to,
2: that's the only way to deal with a bully.
1: Yeah, you just, you just slug him in the nose, well, you know, you sucker punch him if you have to, and and uh, send them home crying home to mommy, and that's the end of it. Then they'll think twice about messing with you in the future.
2: How how strong uh, do you blame Iran for all of this? How strongly? Were they a major force? Yeah,
1: they're massing uh, a Revolutionary Guard on the Syrian border now, close to Israel. They're getting ready to invade. And I, I would I would say this to the Iranians, Iranians. Israel has 100 nuclear weapons. And they see this as an existential threat, and I don't think they, they'd hesitate to drop a nuke on 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 Iran. I really don't. I think if Iran invades them, it'll be measured. You know, they'll escalate it up gradually, but uh, they'll they'll nuke them. They'll nuke them. They'll start. They would nuke the battlefield.
2: Way. Yeah, they would use a tactical nuke, probably. Yeah. I don't uh, think they'd blow up Tehran yeah. to start with.
1: Maybe they no, would. No, I think they. I think they'd start with tactical and go from there, but. Uh, I, I don't see them having a problem taking out uh, the Ir- Iranian uh, air force or navy. I don't see them have a problem doing that at all. Um, <laughs> the Iranian you know, air force is a joke, Doc. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's something you have to deal with. Well, you know? yeah. you, you Reagan Reagan took out the whole uh, Iranian navy when he first got into power. You remember that? I he took them right out quietly. He, took them out.
2: Did he? I don't remember that part of it. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, it wasn't a big fleet, but then all they had were those little motorboats. Remember, they were running around in those trying to uh, fire torpedoes and rockets at American ships and uh, and capture oilers coming through the uh, the Persian Gulf there and, uh, and you know, try to control the world by controlling the price of oil. That didn't seem to work too well. <laughs> no. I was still pretty young. I was I was just getting into college back then, I think, yeah. Yeah. And it, by the way, the price of gas is coming down in the United States, even though the price is uh, uh, supposed to go up because of the crisis in the Middle East. But so far, I don't think it's affected the oil shipping at all.
2: I, I'm, I'm stunned. It's, it was like 323 going in this morning. It was like 20 cent drop from just a couple of days ago.
1: Yeah. You yep. know, strange world we live in, buddy boy, strange world. We're down to about
2: 50. That's- we're
1: down to about 50 seconds, Doc. Hey, I am Dr. Billy, Radio MD. You can catch me at my office, 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Petersburg, Florida. You can also do a telemedicine visit basically from anywhere in the world. And uh, we are online, and you call the office and we'll tell you how to do it. Uh, or I'll just call you, I'll send you a link. And uh, it, our office number is 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. I am your Dr. Bill, and this has been a fascinating show, Ken. It has. Uh, I've enjoyed it, Doc. You coming back next week here? We'll be back. We're leaving Tuesday uh, to go back to uh, to Tampa. So we're on a plane Tuesday uh, morning, and we'll be home probably Wednesday because it's about a 24 to
0: thirty dollar Doctor See you then. MD. Join Dr. Bill ah. every Sunday morning at nine for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at CanCareClinic.com